everyone, welcome back to the Final Tackle Podcast and I'm joined by a former Illawarra Steelers and Parramatta Eels gun fullback, also had a stint in Super League with Salford City Reds. Please welcome Paul Carriage. Thank you very much for joining us here today, mate. No worries, thank you. No dramas. Um, so let's get started. First of all, you made your debut for the Illawarra Steelers in 1996. What was it like stepping mm. onto the field and playing your first first grade game? Um... Well, it was memorable uh, for all the wrong reasons. Oh, I, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was against Broncos, and I was marking up against uh, Steve Renoff. And he, he hit me with a palm in the chest and went, uh, well, he didn't go all the way. He gave it to Wendell, and Wendell went nearly 100 metres. Oh, far out. So uh, that was my initiation. <laughs> That's a welcome <laughs> to first grade sort of thing. <laughs> Yes, that's it, exactly. Nah, fair enough. Um, you then went over to Parramatta after your first season with Illawarra in 90, uh, yep. at the end of 96, and you played most yep. of your career there, including one of our one of our actual guests that we've had um, on the podcast, Brett Horsnell. Um, what was the deciding factor to change from Illawarra to Parramatta? And, well, first of all, lucky you did because I ended up folding. And what was the atmosphere difference like compared to Illawarra? Uh, yeah, they are two really different clubs. Um, I actually um, went up to Bobby Steeler at the end of that season and said, oh, look, I've got some concerns about, um, you know, a few things and, and uh, you know, is, is the coach going to be there next year? Um, and he sort of, he sort of uh, on the sly sort of tore up my contract. I don't think he was a big fan of mine. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I went back to training uh, and started the started the next season there, and uh, the coach sort of said, "No, we haven't got a contract for you," even though I did have a contract. Yep. So I was just sort of a free agent, and um, wow. and I went up to Parramatta for match payments. Yep. And then um and signed up signed a contract soon after that up in Para, but I'm um, extremely opposite pretty well clubs. One. One, uh, Parramatta was really uh, friendly and uh, non-judgmental, I could say. Yep, they were um, good to you sort of thing. Yeah, they were really, uh, really, really nice group of people. Uh, I think they'd come out of the doldrums. I think that was Brian Smith's first year, was it? And I, I they'd come so, yeah. Nearly, yeah, they'd come nearly last the year before. So, But they, were, they, were, they, were, they had all those boys come over from Canterbury. Yep. So they had a good squad there, and uh, it was a good uh, feeling at the club anyway. And I, I really enjoyed my time there. Well, I mean, that just goes to show because the the second year in, in your time at Paramount Eels, you guys made um, the finals and well, the second week of the finals. So I think, yeah. no, no, 98, yeah. you made it to the preliminary, the one before the grand final. So Yeah, and the year before we got knocked out, I think, by Newcastle, we made the finals again. Yeah, exactly. So and if that doesn't say... Um, like as you said, ninety six they they didn't make finals. They got close to the spoon, and then the year after, you know, as you said, that that's just testament to you and the boys at the team. You know, it was obviously a very good atmosphere at the club. Uh, third question: After your time at the Eels, you then went over to England to play for Salford. What was it like? Yep. Again, obviously the difference in, in in atmosphere, but also culture, given Australia and England and all that. Um, what was the weather like and all that sort of stuff for you? Mm, it was vastly different over there. They they weren't um, well. The, the top clubs were elite, and the bottom clubs were sort of scrappers and struggled a bit. Okay. Um, you had to train a lot inside. Uh, I did a lot of um, jogging on treadmills and stuff like that. Um, 
my my football sort of decreased because I wasn't um, as highly trained. I think so. I don't think it didn't suit me terribly uh, well. Even though the, the crowds were lovely and the people are so lovely, especially in Manchester, I really enjoyed Manchester. Oh wow! Um, uh, yeah, really laid back. Uh, the Manchester people, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I remember going. Um, you had to go out to. I think it was last drinks on Sunday was like at nine o'clock, and they shut the pubs, mm-hmm. uh, and then everyone just got chased home. Oh, wow. It was like a real sort of uh, like a that year anyway. It was like a little bit um. I don't know, like they went and used to go home for dinner, the, the pommies, oh. at like six o'clock. Then they'd come back out and have a few more beers and then they'd go home at nine o'clock. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's such a difference compared to here, whereas it's a, you know, as, as I'm sure you know, the, the local RSLs and leagues clubs and pubs do last drinks at around like 2 a.m. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's what it was like then, but I, I think it might have changed now. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, what are your thoughts on the current game as a whole and what rules do you think either need to be removed or changed a little bit in order to make it a much more free-flowing game that the fans are wanting to see? Um, yeah, I was thinking about that rule change. I've always been a fan of, um, like, if if the attacking team does something good, like uh, gets the ball caught in gold or does a 40-20 or something, I think you should, should be able to have a set of six uh, attacking the try line, and the other team has to lose two players for the whole set of six or something oh, like okay. that. Yeah, but I mean, I, think, I, I, I don't think maybe one, two players, but I agree with definitely at least one player, 100%. Yeah, just to make it really more attacking, you know, more tries, more more, more, more space between the players. 100%. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to see that. Make the, and that'll make the team that had that... Um, the, the attacking opportunity to go against them, make them really think and make them work for it, you know, make them make up for that mistake that they let happen sort of thing. Yeah, just a more a more attacking sort of a potent sort of game, which, which the, the play now, is, they're so strong, aren't they? They're so oh, strong and fit and, and, you know, the, the wrestles. And I was watching one of our old games a, a while ago and we more or less used to tackle them and bounce up, bounce on the ground and bounce back up. There was sort of no wrestle at all, was there? No, not at all. Like it was, in all, in all honesty, it was a lot more free flowing um, because yeah, there was a lot yeah, more, a lot more leniency. In my opinion, you know, the shoulder charge was legal if you did it right, obviously. Um, but yeah, it was almost as if it was someone was watching WWE in the sense of you knock them down with a tackle and boom, they're back up again. Um, which yeah, it went which, to end to end, end to end. Yeah, it was it was every single set each team would play, they'd be down in the opposing ten within three tackles. It was mm. great. Mm. Mm. You know, made for yeah, exciting hundred percent. Um which speaking of, sorry to um do a quick promo, but anyone who's listening to this episode, we are doing classic matches uh, for commentary while there is a shortage of live NRL. We will be calling games such as um classic grand finals like the 03, the 05, the 98, the 95, and more, just so you guys can get your fix of footy. Uh, next question would be, is there anything you miss and don't miss about playing the game? Um, I I really like the regular routine. I, I like the routine now too. Yep. Um, I don't miss the uh, continual criticism from coaches. Uh, that's that's about it. I like, I enjoy being fit. Um, I was, I'm, getting paid to be fit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Getting paid to be fit. Yeah, it was a, it was a good experience. I quite enjoyed it. Ah, oh, that's fair enough. Um, what is your favourite memory of your time in footy? Whether it was 
playing a prank, being pranked, or a match in particular sort of thing? Um, I I remember scoring a try from a kick off Jimmy Gimmick. I really enjoyed that. Yep. Um, I can't remember what game it was, but he made half a break and because he was a slow Tongan, he put a he put a kick in, <laughs> and I was out on the wing, and I just happened to ground it as it as it got into the corner. Oh, nice. Um, but apart from that, the, the, the feeling and the um, running out on the field when we were, uh, like, we thought we were unbeatable, you know, at Parramatta in 98 when we were beating everyone. Yep. And and just, uh, you know, the confidence in the team yeah. had in each other, that that feeling. I don't know if you could bottle that and sell it, it'd be, it'd it'd be make some money, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Nah, that, that's awesome. Um, did you play any different positions other than, you know, a back, so fullback, centre wing, et cetera, in your junior days? Uh, no, I was only fullback and my junior footy. I started playing when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so so you, could, you could say you were a late bloomer sort of thing when it came to footy. Yeah, I didn't start until I was a bit later. And then once I come back up to Queensland Cup up here, I played second round lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, if you could have any movie gadget, whether it's from uh, Back to the Future or the Exploding Arrowheads from Rambo and everything in between, what would it be and why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that question. I missed it the first time. Um, I, I sent the question to my partner and she said, oh, what, what are you on about with this question? I'm guessing, like, I'm, I'm a Doctor Who fan, so the TARDIS. Yes. How's that? Anyways, so. Yes. So I love Doctor Who as well, so yes. Cool. Oh, 100%. Um, what is your current beer of choice? Uh, James Bogues. Oh, nice. Nice. James Bogues goes yeah. down all right. Yeah. Tell us about what you're doing with yourself nowadays since retiring. Um, I completed all about a year of my degree before I started playing NRL. Yep. So when I finished, I had a Bachelor of Applied Science in Human Movement Studies at University of Queensland. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, Yeah, so I've been teaching uh, for the last 20 years, high school teaching. Oh, wow. Do you enjoy that? Well, obviously you would because 20 years, but yeah, do you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoy. I enjoy the kids. I, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily enjoy um, other aspects of it, but uh, the kids are, are lovely. No, that's awesome. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, how has the COVID nineteen crisis um, affected your teaching at the moment? Given that now everyone has to do the whole teaching online sort of thing, has that put a spanner in the works for you at the moment? No, we're just doing all the online activities up now. I'm still at work this week. Um, okay. We're just preparing the kids for a term uh, online. Okay. Um, so we're just we're just finishing that off now and putting everything online. So it's all, I don't know whether we'll, we'll even come back. Like I think once kids start doing online education, um, I don't know, the, de- the, the schools seem a bit uh, empty and they might stay that way. Wow, that, wouldn't that be interesting to see a whole, mm. more or less a whole lot of generations Shit. going back down to great-great-grandparents to us, you know, even my generation, to be, that that could be seen as null and void sort of thing now that, or not null and void, more of a outdated, um, if, mm. if or when they decide to make the full-time move to online. Wow. Mm, it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting thought, yeah. Um, and to, let, what else are you doing as a hobby and like as a side job if you've got any sort of thing? Yeah, well, I grew up uh, up in Billawila, yep. and um, we, we had a brown start, and I was always into my horses. So I, I've been breeding and uh, breeding campcraft horses for the last twenty years, and I 
got a little 50-acre block out of Stanfield here, so I breed and train and show camp draftables. Oh, wow. Um, is the, as you said um, in a message the other day that Stanthorpe is one of the coldest places in Queensland, is that because it's so far south and like so close to the New South Wales border, or is it due to it that it's a bit southwest at the same time, do you think? I think it's uh, I think it's the fact that it's 100 metres up and... Oh, wow. Oh, sorry, 1,000 metres uh, in altitude, and it's, it's right on the border, um, yep. New South Wales border. Far out. Um, what advice would you tell your younger self knowing what you know now? Um, I would have, I would manage myself. That's okay. what I would do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get involved with managers. Um, and yeah, that's about it. And probably just invest and save a lot more than I did. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. And last question. Speaking of advice, is there is there any advice you have for kids that you that are wanting to get into the sport and maybe make it in the big league one day? Yeah, sure. Uh, probably just to realise that, it, like I I was at the Broncos for four years before I even got any sort of um, anyone interested in me at all. Oh wow! So I just slogged, slogged it out for four years on minimum pay, and um, I think I think. Just to be aware that it, it it's hard work pays off. Yeah. Hard work and persistent pays off in the end, and it doesn't happen in a blink of an eye. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight sort of stuff. Yeah, that's right. So at the end of the day, pretty much what you're saying is hard work over talent any day sort of thing. Hard work persists. Yeah, def- definitely. I'm not the most talented. There were guys I grew up with that were far more talented than me, and they uh, they didn't play any first-grade games. Oh, wow. Well, then that that speaks volumes. That's about all we have time for today. And thank you very much for letting us um, know about the, the person that is Paul Carriage. No, you're welcome. Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks for having me. Playing rugby league, football is the greatest.